Today, I want to um, just read from uh, chapter uh, John chapter 5, verse 24, as we look at a scripture today, as we open up service, John chapter 5, verse 24. John chapter 5, verse 24, today is our scripture. John is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when uh, verse, I mean, chapter four, I mean, chapter five, verse 24, John chapter five, verse 24, it says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and he should not come into judgment, but has passed from death into light. That is worth giving God the glory. If you are saved today, you are no longer in death, but you are in light. I thought y'all clap a little better than that. Just knowing that you are no longer condemned, but you are in the light of Christ. And we are so thankful for that. So, Father God, we ask that you come to us today. Lord God, be with us in this service. Let your glory be seen, Lord God. Let your glory rise, Lord God, that you may be seen as God. Lord God, take down all barriers, Lord God. We come in here with so many things on our minds, so many things on our heart, so many things that are going on in our life, Lord God. We ask that you remove it right now. Any obstacles that we face, Lord God, we ask that you remove it, that we may hear your word and hear it clearly, Lord God. Speak to us through this service, that we may have an impact on our life, that our lives may be impacted and refreshed in you, Lord God. We just ask for your glory to be seen, Lord God. We're not here for form or fashion, Lord God. We're not here to be seen or to be lifted up. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus. Have your way, Lord God. Let the blood of the cross run down that someone in this service or someone that's watching virtually may see your glory and come to their Savior, come to you as their Savior, Lord God. Lord God, we're here for a purpose. And that's that people may be drawn to you that you may be lifted up, that you may be glorified, that you may be worshiped, Lord God, and that you may be seen as a true and living God. We thank you for all that you're doing and all that you have been doing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. As we continue to go forth in our service, we want to thank some people. We want to thank uh, all those who came out on yesterday for our outreach service that we had in our community, the bulk trash and shredded. Um, let's give those a round of applause. All our volunteers, we thank you all so much. If you volunteer, just raise your hand, just raise your hand. We are so grateful for you. We could not do it without you. It was a smooth transition, a smooth day. We've seen a lot of cars. We collected a lot of bulk trash and a lot of shred um, uh, for, uh, papers. And we are just so grateful um, for you helping out and volunteer. We had a great time for all those youth and children that came out and helped. If you want um, your community service hours, um, paper sign, please see me after service if you have them. If not, just have your parents get in touch with me so we can sign those community service out. We also want to send a special thanks to our event coordinator ministry. For those in the event coordinator ministry, can you raise your hand? Um, just thank you all so much for all you done um, yesterday. It was an awesome event, just coordinating everything. Um, we partnered with Sidney Harris, Councilman Sidney Harrison, and we thank him for his partnership and all he done um, for us and the church. Um, just have He just have a heart for God and, and the people in this community. So we're so grateful for the partnership and all the work that the event coordinator did, um, coordinator ministry did 
to make our uh, event special. But we also um, want to continue to um, just let you know that the next thing we have going on on next Saturday, we have um, our uh, Harvest Festival coming next Saturday from 11 to 2. That is a family event. Um, which we're going to have a great time, a lot of fun. Please bring your children, your grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren, your neighbor's kids, your friend's kids, your nieces, nephews. Bring all the kids out here for our Harvest Fest on Saturday uh, at 11 to 2. We have a great day planned for you. We have train, a train that will be here. We have ponies. We have face painting. We have music. We have um, a picture booth. We, have, um, we also have uh, partnered with Aldi's. Uh, next door, and we purchased pumpkins for them. Let's give Aldi's a round of applause. I'm just so grateful for partnerships. Um, we went over there and talked to Aldi's, and I don't know about y'all, but uh, one who watching the budget, and I'm looking, and I'm seeing pumpkins for $5, for $6, and we went over to Aldi, and they said, we give them to y'all for a dollar and like 50 cents. We said, we'll take all of them you got. So we went aboard two pallets of pumpkin to give away free. We got pumpkin carving stations. You can come and carve pumpkins with your family. You can also paint them, and we also got stickers you can put on them and take them home with you and put them on your doorstep or on your front porch or whatever you're going to do with them. But this is a free event, free food, free entertainment for everyone. So please come out and um, just enjoy these festivities that we have. And we also have a lot of candy, young people. We have a lot of candy. I, I told the event coordinator ministry, I said, don't run out of candy. Whatever y'all do, don't run out of candy because we want to uh, supply our kids with all the candy they have so we can send them home to their parents, to their grandparents, to their family members, and let them give them a, a grand time. Amen? Let's clap for a grand time. <laughs> just, uh, so we just ask that you all come out. If you got neighbors, bring them out and let the community know that we are so grateful um, to have this event and so excited for what God is doing here at Clinton Baptist Church. I am so excited. Uh, I truly believe that God has his hands on us. And um, at this time, as we get prepared for our offering, I just want to say we cannot do these events without you. We thank you all so much for your offering, for giving to Clinton Baptist Church. We are a church that um, our vision is we grow, we serve, we love, and we are growing, we are serving, and we are loving. We are growing this community, we growing each other. We are serving this community, we serving each other. We are loving this community, and we loving each other. And I'm just so excited. And the only way we can do this about what you all give. So I'm so grateful that God has placed it on your heart to give to him and the ministry of Clinton Baptist Church. There are many ways that you can give. Um, one way you can give is you can give through our cash app at dollar sign, capital C, capital B, capital C at 8701. Um, that cash app, dollar sign, capital C, capital B, capital C at 8701. You also can give by mailing your um, offering here to Clinton Baptist Church at 8701 Woodyard Road in Clinton, Maryland. Um, 20735. We also set up an um, app that we have to a Give Plus app um, that you can give that way. You would download Give Plus app, go there, put in Clinton Baptist Church and um, set up a profile and you can give that way as well. And also you can go to our website and our website, you go to the giving page and it'll direct you to set up a profile and you can give that way. So we are so grateful and thankful how God has blessed us in many ways to give. And we know that there are challenging times that we are in. People are losing jobs. People don't have jobs, but God has required us to give unto him. And we can't beat God given. Amen. We can't beat God given. Anybody agree with that? 
Anybody agree with that? God is an awesome God. And if you have not grown to give, let this Sunday be your day to give. Let this Sunday grow, um, be your day to grow, to give unto the Lord what is required of him. And we are so grateful because we are a church that give back. We are a church that give back to community. We support so many nonprofit organizations and other churches. As a small church, we give as well, too. We don't ask you to give that we may hoard it off ourselves, but we give as well to organizations and to churches that are smaller than ours that need financial assistance. So we're so grateful for that. Let us pray for this offering. Father God, thank you for this time of offering. Lord God, we ask that you bless it, Lord God, that your kingdom be seen in this offering, Lord God. Multiply that may go out and make a ripple effect. Because the reason why we stand here on this campus today, the reason why we have this beautiful sanctuary, the reason why we have this large campus and all these classrooms and all these rooms, Lord God, for, because of those who gave long time ago. So Lord God, we stand on their shoulders and we thank you for them, for giving to you. So we ask today that you bless us off and let it go out and be the, uh, bless your kingdom, Lord God, that people may continue to grow that we may continue to serve and we may continue to love. We thank you so much for being God and being great. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now stand on your feet and let's worship with Sister Tanisha Wilcox. Good morning again. We serve a God who is a good God. Anybody agree on this morning? Now, if y'all know this one, I need y'all to sing along. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we 
Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Say you are good. You are good. All this time and all this time, you are good. You are good. All this time and all the time, you are good. You are good. All this time and all the time, you are good. You are good. Serve an awesome God. Lord, you are good and your mercy enduring forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy enduring forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy enduring forever. interesting that that is a song that we were singing you know a scripture that came to mind um in second corinthians chapter four verses eight and nine it says we are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed so i'm here to encourage you on this morning whatever it is that you're going through because i know i'm going through some stuff but I am encouraged on this morning knowing that God is with me. God is with you. He is with us. And there is nobody greater than him.
Praise. I don't know why the music stopped. When the music stopped, y'all stopped worshiping. I, I just don't get that. I don't, I don't understand that. I go, I go to a lot of churches, and when the music stopped, they stopped worshiping. Do y'all need to be coerced to worship God? Like, come on now. God been good. If there's nothing greater than God, you should praise him. Give him glory. I don't know about you, but I don't want the rocks crying out for me. And I don't need no music. God don't need a hype man to get us hyped to worship him because he's awesome and he is a wonderful and loving and kind and merciful and just a provider and a protector. I'm so glad for God just being ahead of my life that he gave his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross 
for my sins and your sins that we may experience eternal life. I'm so glad of that. I'm so glad of his death, his sacrificial death, that he went to the cross for you and I because we deserve to be dead. We deserve to be out of here, but because of him, he gave us life and gave it more abundant. Anybody excited about the life of God? Is God working in anyone's life? Is God doing anything to worship him and give him some glory? He is amazing God. He's a wonderful God. He's a kind God. He's a merciful God. He went to hell and captured those who were lost and came with him. Thank you, Lord. I'm just so happy. I'm just so grateful for God and what he's done for me. So thankful for the Miller families that's watching, Karen that's watching, Sister Bonnie, thank you so much. X, we thank you so much for watching. Sister Sadie, we appreciate you for watching as well. And we see you all online, Brother Howard, Donnell, Shorty, Mary, Boo, Donita. We just thank you all so much, Sam, for watching us today. Today, as we continue in our service, I want to, you all to turn to Galatians chapter one. Galatians chapter one, Galatians chapter one, Galatians chapter one. We are so grateful uh, for you all here today and just in our presence and also virtually. We are so thankful for all our virtual listeners. Sister April, we thank you uh, for tuning in as well. Shorty, we thank you. Boo from, um, from Virginia Beach, we thank you as well for tuning in. So grateful for you all just tuning in today and just thankful for that. We in Galatians chapter one, Galatians chapter one, let us pray. Father God, we need you. Lord God, remove everything of us that you may be seen. Lord God, we are not here to hear from me because I have nothing to say. So Lord God, we come to hear from you. And we ask that you make your way and your word clear. That even if it convict us, we accept it. Even if it refreshes us, we accept it. Even if it challenges us, we accept it. And we're grateful that we can sit at your table and feast on your word. Move all anxiety and fear from me that you may get all the glory and all the honor that we may come and worship you. But there anyone who watching online or in person that do not know you as a Lord and Savior, we ask that you reveal unto them who you are through this message. That at the end, they may surrender their life to you and the eternal state may change. We need you. Because you all we have. In the presence name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Galatians chapter 1, starting at verse 13. It says, for you have heard of my former conduct in Jerusalem and how I persecuted the church of God beyond measures and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my uh, contemporaries in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous for the tradition of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach among 
the Gentiles. I did not immediately confer with the flesh and blood. On this morning, I would like to speak to you from the topic, when I look back over my life. When I look back over my life. There are times in life where I sit back and reflect on what I've been through. Do we have any witness today? There are times that we, we look in the rearview mirror and just think about the things that we have been through as children, as adolescents, as young adults, as, as young men and young women, and as adults and even as seniors. We look back at our life, at things we have been through. Some of us, some of us, some of us, some of us are scared to look back because of the tragedies that we've faced. Some of us don't want to go back there to those times that we encountered darkness in our life and the scars and the pain of hurt is, is, is too painful to go back to. Some of us try to forget our past. But here in this, this book of Galatians, Paul reflects back on his life. This book of Galatians, Galatians, the, the, the meaning of this book, or not the meaning, but really the, the identity of this book, Paul was writing to this church of Galatians who, who have turned away from Christianity and went back to um, Judaism. They, they had turned away from the, the, the true faith to go back into a, a, a legalistic faith. And Paul writes to them, this is the main idea, Paul writes to them, and he writes this stern message to correct them, because they had turned away from Christianity. Look what Paul says here in verse number six. He says, I marvel that you have turned away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. He says, you already know Christ, you already know the true gospel, but you have turned away from the truth. This is Paul's main idea, to write to them the stern message to correct them because they turned away from Christianity back to Judaism, a legalistic form of worship. But not only did Paul write this letter with this main idea because they turned away from Christ, but in correcting people, you know what happened? People start to get jealous. People start to get upset with you. People start to lie on you. When you know when you go correct someone, they, they, they start to make false accusations about you. They start lying on you and, and stabbing you in your back. So what happened, when, when Paul went to write to them, he had some haters out there. He had some haters that were, that were on Twitter. And he had some haters who was on social media. He had some haters that was in his circle. So what they start to do was congregate this false lie and say that Paul wasn't a true apostle. They start, they start denouncing Paul apostleship. They say, Paul, you, he ain't a true disciple, uh, uh, apostle of Jesus Christ. You don't need to listen to him. He has no authority. Say, Paul ain't nobody. You, you, you don't need to listen to him. You do what you want to do. And Paul says our Christianity is not a license for you to do whatever you want to do, but it sets us free. But we still got to be free in Jesus. But there are confinements. And he says, he says, when I look back over my life, Paul now addresses those haters. He addresses those people who, who took advantage of, I mean, who tried to dis, discredit his apostleship. 
He addresses those people who tried to tell them that he had no authority in Jesus Christ, that he was a nobody. And he addresses those people. And Paul addresses these people by looking back at his life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He, he addresses these people. Watch this. Watch this, deacons and deacons in training. He addressed the people by giving his testimony. He addressed the people by giving his God story. Your testimony is your God story. We're learning that in deacon training. Watch this. He addressed these people by giving his own personal testimony because they try to denounce who he was. You know how it is. People get mad at you. You know how it is, Sean. How you get this beauty shop? You know, you know how it is, Sister Brown. How you get to be a manager? You know how it is. How, how you get that job with that with that GS fourteen job? How, how you get that car? How you you know how people are? They try to discredit what God is doing in your life. How you get to live in this neighborhood? How you get that car? How you get in this school? How you get in this college? How you get this and how you get that? Y'all know how it is when haters start to make false accusations and now they're coming against Paul and making these false accusations. And Paul says, let me tell you where I come from. Oh my God, oh my God, this is good. I need to slow down because it's too good. He says, let me look back over my life. Paul says, when I look back over my life, the first thing he says in verse 13 and 14, he says, I have a past. That's P-A-S-T. He said, I have a past. Paul says, let me, when I look back over my life, I realize that I have a past. Look what he says in verse 13 and 14. He says, for you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism and how I persecuted the church of God beyond measures and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism way beyond my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceed, I mean, exceedingly zealous for the tradition of the father. He says, guess what? He says, when I look back over my life, he tells them haters. He says, when I look back over my life, I have a past. Well, Paul is saying, don't, just, don't think I just got here. Paul says, I come from somewhere. Paul says, I got a past. Paul says, remember, I know you heard about my past. I know you heard about my former conduct before I knew Jesus Christ. See, because the people hang around you, you, the stories go around of how you used to be a drunk, how you used to be on drugs, how you used to be a whoremonger, how you used to steal and how you used to rob and how you used to sell drugs, how you used to cuss out the teachers, how you used to skip class, how you used to cheat on your taxes and cheat on your tests, how you used to cut. Paul says, I know you heard about my former conduct. Paul says, when I look back over my life, I have a past. Paul says that I, I, I have a past. My, in my former conduct, I try to destroy the church. See, Paul's name was, wasn't always named Paul. Paul's name was Saul. And Saul was one who, who would go around as a renegade because he was in Judaism and he was, a, he was good at it too. He says, matter of fact, he exceeded zealously. He was one of the top Judaism. And, and what they did was go around and persecuted Christians. Yeah, I see some of y'all looking at me funny. So let's, let's turn to Acts chapter 3. Let's turn to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verse 3. And we're going to look at this former conduct of Paul because some of y'all looking at me funny. In Acts chapter 8, verse 3, look at Acts chapter 8, verse 3. He says, he says, when I look back over my life, I, I realize I have a past. I have a past. And he says in, in, in Acts chapter 8, verse 3, he says, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Watch this. Entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. 
Said Paul said, you heard of my, my testimony. You heard of my, my stories that I have, how, how I had a past, how I used to go in those Christians' house and rip away family, rip away husbands, rip away women, rip away children that were Christians and put them in prison. Paul said, you heard of my story. Now don't let Paul's stories go on. In Acts chapter 7, verse, Acts chapter 7, verse uh, 54 through 60, he says that, that, that Saul, this is Paul before he was Paul, it says Saul was there when Stephen and followers of Jesus Christ were stoned to death. Paul was at the stoning of a disciple of Jesus. Paul was an instigator. As a matter of fact, it said that Paul hold the coats of those who, who stoned Stephen to death because he was a Christian. Paul says, you heard about my former story. You, you, you heard about these things I have done to Christians. Paul says that I have a past. He says, I, I just didn't show up here. I just didn't show up as an apostle. I just didn't show up with this authority. I, I went through some things. I had a past before Christ. Paul says I had a past. Paul says that I, I persecuted Christians and watch this, and I tried to destroy the church of Jesus Christ. Paul says I did everything I could to wipe out the church. Paul says, I went in there and I set Christians on fire. I destroyed Christians and I tried to, to kill Christianity. Paul said, I have a past. But watch this. Because Paul says, not only in this past did I destroy Christians, but he said, I was good at it. Paul says, I, I was one of the best. I have rose up in rank to destroy the church. Oh, my God. Paul says, I rose up in rank to destroy the church. I did everything I could, I could to get a star on my name, to get a five star by my ratings that I may destroy the church. Paul said, I have a past. But I see some of you all looking at me funny like, whoa, that's Paul. But we can't look at Paul that way because each and every one of us in here have a past. If God can just rip down the curtains of your life and go back before you knew Christ or go back to your life yesterday because you don't know Christ, you will see that you have a past. Every one of us has some dark secrets. Everyone has some trouble in our life. Every one of us has some things that's going on. Remember, you couldn't get off the toilet bowl on Sunday morning because you was too drunk on Sunday night. Remember, you didn't even know what bed you woke up in on Sunday morning because you went home with somebody you didn't know on Saturday night. Remember, Remember, you didn't even know what dad was because the needle in your arm, the crack that you were smoking. Remember, every one of us have a past. Come on, come on now. Every one of us have a past. Even I have a past. I don't sit up here squeaky clean because I've been through some stuff. And some of y'all in here and all my Northeast family know my past. Come on, come on now. I, 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 we all have a past. We all have some darkness in our lives. Oh my God, I remember I was told at the age of, I wouldn't live to the age of 19. My mom even told me, the way you living, you're going to die before you're 19. My teachers even told me, the way you living, you're going to die before you're 19. And when I turned 20, I started having anxiety attacks because I prepared for death, but God had a different story. I'm talking about past. Every one of us have a past. It doesn't matter how old you are. You have a past. You remember in the, in the basement under the red light, gyrating to Marvin Gaye, let's get on. You got a past too. Don't sit up here with that halo of your head because you older. You're a deacon. You're a pastor. You older member like you don't have a past looking at us funny because you have some issues too. Come on now. He says, he says, he says we have a past. 
Every one of us, how are we going to look down at somebody? Every one of us has a past. And Paul says, look to my haters. When I look back over my life, I have a past. I just didn't get here. I just didn't pop up out of nowhere and got here. I have a past. And he gives his testimony. He said, before Christ, my former conduct, my life before Christ, said, I have a past. Yes, you may not have a past like me, but you have a past. You may grow up in church all your life, playing the keyboard, playing the drums, and still got a past. Says that you, you Paul says that I, when I look back over my life, I have a past, and every one of us in here have a past. Every one of us in here have dark secrets that if God revealed it to us, you will be ashamed. Says, he says, he says, he says, when I look back over my life, Paul says to the hater, I have a past. But then he goes on. Paul says here in verses 13 and 14, he said, when I look back on my life, he said, I have a past. But I mean, um, 13 and 14, yes, in verse 15, he says, when I look back over my life, he says, uh, verse 13 and 14, I mean, verse uh, 15, he says, when I look back over my life, I, I see God's hand on my life. He says, I see the hand of God. Look what he says in verse 15. He says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb. Paul says, when I, when I look back over my life in verse 13 and 14, I have a past. And then he says, when I look back over my life, it was the Lord's hand on my life. He said, it was the Lord's hands on me. Look what Paul said. Paul said, it pleased God. He said, he said it, it, it was God. Who, who, who it pleased, he said, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb. My God, my God. Paul said, guess what, y'all? When I look back on my life, I realized that God's hand was on my life. Paul says that I, when, when I look back over my life, y'all didn't get it. Paul says when I look back over my life, I realized that God's hand was on my life. Y'all still ain't get it. Let me say it again. Paul says, when I look back over my life, I realize that God's hand was on my life. Watch this. God, Paul is talking about when he was sold. He's not talking about when he got saved. He's talking about before he got saved. He says, before I got saved, I realized that God's hand was on my life. My God, my God, come on now, come on now. He says, before I got saved, I realized the hand of God was on my life. He said, when it pleased God, he separated me from my mother's womb. See, that word separation actually means set apart. He said it was God who set apart me. It was God who set me apart. It was God who placed me where I am. It was God who had his hands on my life. And he says, guess what? God's hand just didn't start on my life when I gave myself to Christ. Come on now. Come on, I thought y'all be with me on this. God, see, 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 I can get excited because God's hands is on my life now. I'm a Christian. But Paul said God's hand was on me not only when I came to Christ, but his hands was on me in my, in my mother's womb. Paul said God's hands was working in my mother at conception. He was woven me together. He had his hands on me as I was in my mother's womb. Paul says that at conception, my God's hand was on my life. Oh my God, some of your women went through some terrible childbirths. Some of you know how hard it is to deliver. Some of you, you, you people came out premature. Some came out with disabilities. But I want to let you know that God always had his hand on you. God was working in you, in your mother. His hands was on your life, working through your system that God, even though you didn't know God, God's hand was on your life. 
Paul said God's hand was on my life. Paul said God was the one who separated me. God was the one who worked out things in my life even before I know him. Has God ever worked out something in your life before you even know? But when I look back over my life and see God moving all over my life, he was doing some things. He was working some things out. That time I could have got shot and killed when the bullets were flying past my face. It was God's hand on my life. Although I didn't know in that time when I was in an accident and totally lost my car on 14th Street Bridge, it was God's hand on my life. That time when they tried to rob me and sat on my mother's porch and shot my mother's house up, guess what? God's hand was on my life. I'm so glad for the hand of God. God's hand is on your life. Says his hand, his hand is on you. You sitting there thinking that God's hand ain't on you. The reason why you made it out that fire because of God's hand. The reason why you made it through cancer because of God's hand. The reason why you making it through diabetes because of God's hand. The reason why you made it through that, that troubled time as a child when you was molested and abused and mistreated and treated bad. God's hand was on your life. I know you went through it, but guess what? When God's hand on your life, you will not come out like you went in. You will come out different. The Bible says in Isaiah that you may go through the fire, but you will not get scorched. You may go through the water, but it will not overflow you. I'm trying to help you understand that God's hand is on your life. Paul says, when I look back, when I look back, God's hand is on my life. God's hand is on your life. I don't know who I'm speaking with out there, but there's someone who don't know Jesus Christ. And we as Christians just, just talking bad about you. But I want to let you know that God's hand is on your life. Although you don't know him, he's working through your life. Because every single Christian who accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior can tell when God's hand was on their life. God's hand is on your life. His hand is on your life. His hand is on you. God's hand is on you. Paul says, when I look back over my life, Paul says, I can realize, I realize that God's hand was on me. Me and my wife was driving years ago, leaving out the home, leaving out our home in, in Highsville, going to get some Jordans. Come out to, to go stand in line to get some Jordans. Come out the, cop, the apartment complex on Riverdale Road. Soon as we come out, we, we go to the gas station right there. We come out the gas station. We driving, a drunk driver jumped over the medium and hit his head on him. My wife went through the windshield, but God's hand was on her life before we even knew Christ. God's hand is on her life. Paul says, when I look back over my life, I see the hand of God moving. Anybody seen the hand of God moving on your life? Have anybody seen God's hand working in your life? I mean, come on, let's celebrate God's hand. Let's thank God for his hand. If you can thank God for bringing you out, even though you didn't know him as your Lord and Savior, his hand was working all over you. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty hands. I'm just so grateful for the hand that you had on my life, Lord God, because if it wasn't for your hand, I wouldn't be here today. Anybody know about the hand of God on their life? Anybody celebrate? the hand of God on their life. I thank you, Lord, for your hand on my life. I thank you, Lord, for your hand. Anybody virtual can see, know that the hand of God, you got to start talking about the hand of God on your life. Paul says, Paul says, when I, when I look back over my life, 
I realize I have a past. Paul says, when I look back on my life in verse 15, I, seen a, I, I realized God's hand was on it. Paul telling his haters this. Remember, Paul, keep in contact with what Paul's saying. Paul says, I'm telling you this because y'all hating on me. Y'all think I got hit myself. People think you got to the position you at yourself. People think you got what you got on yourself, but it was God who did everything. God brought you out your past. God had your hand on And Paul says right here in verse 16, well, actually 15b and 16, Paul says, when I look back on my life, I realize, he said, I look, when I look back on my life in verse 13 and 14, he said, I have a past. He said, when I look back on my life in verses 15, he says that God's hand was on my life. And he's, the Lord's hand was on my life. He said, when I look back in verse 15b and 16, he said, God called me to proclaim his name. Look at this. Look at this. Paul says, I ain't get here on my own. God placed me here. Look what he says. Look what he says. Y'all done made me drop my glasses and everything. Uh, look what he said. Look what he said. Look what he said. I'm not going to try to fake it and read it without glasses. Because my wife will say, you know you need them glasses. Put them on. Anyway, so look what he says. He says, he says in verse 15b and 16, he says, when I look back over my life, he says, it was God who called me to proclaim his name. It was the Lord who called me to proclaim his name. He said, he called me. Look at that in verse 16b. I mean, 15b. He said, he called me through his grace to reveal his son to me that I may preach him. God, like, preach him among the Gentiles. He says, it was God the one who called me to proclaim his name. See, see, them haters was mad about him being an apostle. They tried to discredit his apostleship. They tried to discredit his authority. But he said, let me tell you some things. Not only do I have a past, not only was God hand on my life, but the reason why I have this position is because of God. He says, watch this. He said, it was God who called me. Mm -mm -mm. Watch this. He said it was God who called me. See, that word called means to summons. Oh, my God. That word God, that word called means to summons. I don't know about y'all, but I've been in some court cases. I've been summoned when I was young a lot. So I know what summons mean. When you get that summons, it means that you have to show up. It ain't no if and buts about it. I found out my, my wife laughing hard because she know I found out that when you get a summons, Brother Anthony, that my mama can't help me. I found out when you get a summons that nothing can help you. But what I had to do was show up. He said it was God who called me. Guess what? He said it was God who summons me. Paul says that I didn't even want to come. Remember, I was staying up the church. I was trying to destroy the church. I didn't even want God. I didn't even know God. I didn't even like God, but he was the one who summons me. And when God summons you, you got to come. The reason why that some of you all know Jesus Christ right now as your Lord and Savior, you didn't want him. You didn't chase out them. You wasn't seeking out them. He summons your name. He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called you out of that party you was in. He called you out of that club you was in. He called you out of that lifestyle he was in the reason why you had to come because he called you he summons you out of that sickness you was in you didn't want to come to him matter of fact we even like the sin we enjoy the sin we embrace the sin my bad i gotta get back in the camera you gotta work up that camera lady look so he says that he even embraced the sin he enjoyed the sin but god who summons him said it was god it was god who called me it was God who summons him. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. It wasn't you. The reason why you know God, because he the one who summons you. It was God who called you to this life. 
to this salvation. It was him. And look what he says. He said it was him who, who called us to him. It was God. I remember my wife went to a women's event. We just came here to Clinton Baptist Church. We wasn't even here maybe a week. And she went to a women's event. And she went with a friend of hers. And when she got there, you know, it was a great event, she said. And um, her friend introduced us, hey, this is Jeanette. This is Jeanette, she's the new first lady at, at Clinton Baptist Church. And, and one lady came to my wife and said, that was supposed to be my husband's church. And you know, my wife nice. My wife ain't gonna say nothing. Just smile. I'm ready. Because I would have said if it was your husband's church, why he ain't here? You know what I mean? But she, she, she addressed my wife that way. It was people, it was pastors that came to me. How you get that church? I tried to buy that church. I said, was it for sale? Because I ain't know it was for sale. No, it wasn't. Well, how you try to buy it? But there are people who, who look down on us because we passed the first lady of Clinton Baptist Church. But it wasn't me who put me here. It wasn't me who placed me as pastor here. It was God who did it. Matter of fact, I had a good job over at Kettering, making a whole lot of money. Matter of fact, I go in when I wanted to and do what I wanted to do. Guess what? Because I did what I had to do, but it was God who placed me here. Don't let nobody tell you that God don't have what he had for you because it's God who puts you here. Not my hard work, not my time, not because I'm better than anybody. It was God, because God can use anyone. Paul said it was God who summons me. It was God who placed me where I am. Where you at today, you belong there. My son go to a private school where some people don't think he belongs, and every morning he get out the car. I tell him as a young black boy in his white school, you belong there. You belong there. Because God placed you here. God put you here. Your grades didn't get you in this school. God placed you here. Because none of our grades are good enough to get us in any college, my young adult. That you is only God who placed you there. So walk around with your head up. Walk around with your chest out. And let them know that you belong here. I'm about to walk. Let them know that you belong here. That you here because God placed you here. Not because your parents have no money. It was only because of God that we are here. And he said, God is the one that summons me. He said, God who called me. Paul said, when I look back on my life, I realized it was God calling me. He said, he was the one who summons me. Watch this. Watch this because he got more in the text. He said, not only did he call me, but he did it through grace. Oh, that's y'all time to fall out right there. Y'all missed it. My God, man, y'all supposed to fell out right there. If I was in a Pentecostal church, they'd be flipping over pools, pews, their wigs would have been flying off, teeth would have been flying out their mouth and everything because they know about the grace of God. They said, Paul says, I'm not here because of me. It's only by God's grace. Let me help you understand what God's grace means. It means unfurred, unmerited favor. It means that you don't deserve it, but God gave it to you anyway. You didn't deserve that house you got. You don't deserve that job you got. You don't deserve that ministry. 
ministry you got. You don't deserve that talent you got. You don't deserve that husband or wife you got. You don't deserve them children you got. But it was because of God's grace, because of his grace that he shined down on you, that gave you that position that you have. Paul said, let me help you understand, haters. I'm here because God summons me, and it was by his grace. I didn't deserve it. Paul said, you remember my testimony. You remember my past. I didn't deserve this. But then he said something else. But then God revealed his son to me. He said it was, it was God the one who revealed his son to me. You got to understand before you came to Christ, you didn't come seeking God. He came seeking you. If uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 said it's only because the spirit that comes to you. That you now, your eyes are now open to see the things of God. There's no way we can see the things of God if Jesus is not revealed to us. That's why he says, if I, you, I be lifted up, I draw all men and you don't follow Pastor Bue, you better follow Jesus. Because I'll lead you in the wrong way. That's why I'm following him. That's a joke, y'all supposed to laugh. Y'all tough crowd. He says, look, it was revealed to me. The Holy the Son of God was revealed to me by God. And he says, he is the revealing. He is the purpose. This is why God called you. This is why God summons you. This is why he revealed your son, his son to you and I. When we look back over our life, we see that God proclaimed us to preach and teach his word. He says he did it so I may preach to the Gentiles. Now, that was Paul's ministry. Paul's ministry was to preach to the Gentile, to those pagan people, you and I. He wasn't to preach to the Jews. The Jews was a chosen nation. We're learning that in Bible study in the Old Testament. Yeah, if you come to Bible study, y'all know that the Jews was a chosen nation. They were called. But Paul says that I'm not preaching to them. I'm preaching to the Gentiles, the pagans. He says, I'm preaching to those who, who are not in the chosen. I'm preaching to, to you and I. Paul says, here's my calling. Here's what God had when I look back over my life. He says, I have a past. When I look back over my life, he says, I seen God's hand on my life. He said, when I look back over my life, here's my calling that I may preach the word of God. Paul says, I'm, I'm not here doing this because I want to. I got called to do this. What is your calling? When you look back over your life, why do God have you here? What ministry has God placed in your heart? Where has God has proclaimed his name for you? Paul said it for me, it was preaching. It was teaching people about Jesus Christ. He says that that's why I look back on my life. That's how I got here. God called me to preach the name of Jesus Christ. What should I preach? I should preach that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. What should I preach? I should preach that, on the, that he died on the cross and shed his blood for you and I that we may have eternal life. What should I preach? I should preach that he was placed, he died on the cross and he was placed in a burial tomb. What should I preach? That on the third day he got up with all power in his hand. What should I preach? That he ascended into heaven and sat on the right hand of the Father and now interceding for you and me. What should I preach? That he sent the Holy Spirit back to live in us who believe in him to accept him as his Lord and Savior that we will no longer be orphans or away from God. What should I preach? Preach Jesus. Tell him about Jesus. Paul says that, that, that that's why God called me. Every one of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior have a calling to preach the gospel. We have a calling to go tell people about Jesus Christ. And Paul says here, when I look back over my life, 
He said, I realize I have a past. Yes, I have a darkness, some darkness. He says, when I look back over my life, I realize God hand on me. God was working on me when I wasn't even a believer. But then he says, when I look back over my life, the Lord proclaimed me to tell his word. I don't know about you, but if this caused you to look in the rearview mirror of your life, and now you hear, what is God calling you to when you look back over your life? Where is God calling you at? What ministry is God calling you to do? You keep saying you're going to help out, but you never make it. You keep saying you're going to make it to Bible study, but you never make it. You keep saying you're going to join the church next Sunday. I'm going to join it next Sunday. When y'all come back from the pandemic, I'm going to join the church. Pandemic, we back in. We still operating under pandemic guidelines, but we back in. You ain't joined yet. What is God calling you to when you look back over your life? You got to stand in it and know that whatever position you have or wherever you at in your life, it was only God. It was only God that you are successful. If nothing, you had nothing to do with it. We are just dirt that God decided to use. That's it. We have nothing to do with nothing. It's only God and his hand on our lives. When you look back over your life, what is God calling you to do? At this time, for those who are getting baptized, can you please come to my left, your right? Can you please go through the door over here, my left, your right, for those getting baptized? For those who are here, please stand on your feet at this time. I don't know where you are in your life, whether you're an unbeliever, where you at on Zoom, on social media, where you at in your life. But I just want to let you know that God is calling you. That God is calling you. God is calling you. There are things in your life that you can see right now. There's things in your life that you can see that God was on in your midst in the time of your trouble. You don't know why, but he was there. And today is a great opportunity for you to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Is there one today? Is there one today who don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Is there one today that want to surrender their life to him? You realize that I'm lost, that I'm not going to heaven. The scripture says plainly, the only ones going to heaven is those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Do we have anyone that wants to believe at this time? Is there any? Is there any? Is there any at this time? Is there any, any in the church? If you want to believe in Jesus Christ, if you want to accept Jesus Christ, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Is there any inside the church? Is there any on, on, on our virtual site? Is there any, any? Do we have any? If you 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 want a plat platform that you can't chat on, just text us at 301-653-6219. Whatever platform you're on, if you can't chat, just text us that you want to give your life to Christ. It's 301 653-6219. Wherever you are, wherever you are, just let us know. Let us know. I want to give my life to Christ. Is there any in here today? Any in here today want to surrender their life to Jesus Christ? 